welcome to episode number 88 of the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. Today we have our second guest joining us in our new mini-series entitled The Balancing Acts That Leaders Play. Ed Overholt is Regional Director at Campos EPC and holds the Professional Engineering designation as well as the Project Management Professional Credentials. As a reminder, in this series, we'll have conversations with leaders from varying backgrounds and we'll talk candidly about the balancing acts they've encountered during their careers and how they've navigated through them. Welcome to the show, Ed. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Happy to be here. It is a pleasure. In full disclosure, uh, Ed and I uh, are from the same town. Ed is from La Crosse, uh, Wisconsin, but is now uh, residing up in Minneapolis. So, uh, uh, again, thanks for thanks for being here. And you know, before we get started, I ask this question of everybody on the show: Please tell our listeners your story. Yeah. So uh, you know, you started mentioning that uh, we both grew up in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So. Um, was actually born in Seattle, but uh, spent all my formative years there. I uh, went out to the University of Colorado in Boulder, where I studied mechanical engineering. Uh, and then I had a certificate from the Lockheed Martin Engineering Management Program out there. Um, since then, I've worked for a variety of different consulting firms, um, starting my career as a design engineer with a firm out in Denver, Colorado, and then shifting back to a firm here in Minneapolis uh, for a number of years where I served in a variety of different roles, um, all as consulting engineers as well, uh, as well as project managers, program managers, um, and then a little in the business development side. And then about four years ago, I was approached with an opportunity to come over and join uh, Compos EPC as the regional director. And um, it was a really interesting opportunity from that standpoint, uh, because I had the ability to open our office up here. So it started with me on my couch, and now we're uh, we're four years later into this, and we have uh, 32 employees up here and a, a thriving little operation. So um, my background, my entire career has really been focused in the energy industry, um, primarily on the utilities and oil and gas sides of the, you know, the, the industry there. So what that means is, you know, your electrical transmission and distribution lines, your crude oil pipelines, your refined product pipelines, think of the gasoline you put in your car, as well as, you know, the renewables. So hydrogen, renewable natural gas, solar, wind, um, all of those facets, and really the transportation of that um, across our network from the production to how we use it in our our day-to-day lives. Um, So with that, um, you did mention I am a, a professional engineer. Um, my background is all mechanical based um, on thermal and fluid systems. I hold that license in 15 states um, now, as well as that project management professional. Um, got that, uh, you know, as as an ancillary one with all the work we're doing because all the work we do as consultants is project based, right? So. Um, when we talk about engineering consulting, we come in and we execute specific scopes of work on behalf of, of clients that either don't have the internal expertise or the, the external expertise to do that and, and really assist there. So, um, yeah, that's a little about awesome. me, I guess. Awesome. Um, I, I always, also ask this question, one event in your life that or that interaction that person that just put rocket boosters behind your career you know it was actually 
the opposite of that. It was getting passed over for an opportunity um, oh. that that kind of motivated me. Um, I was at, I was you know partway into my career, doing uh, doing really well, um, taking on a lot of leadership roles, and I was actually going through um, one of the leadership cohorts that we had at a, a previous firm and went through it with about 20 other people. Uh, and a lot of them actually were selected to move up into vice president roles, which was a, a goal that I had uh, always really kind of set out for myself when I started with that company. And uh, at the end of the the cohort, you know, everything went well, the, but the feedback I got was, you're not old enough and not ready to take that role yet. And uh, I actually was um, was pretty, well, Flustered enough by that to make a career change and, and get driven forward. But um, through happenstance, I, I saw one of my old colleagues started with Compost and he uh, posted about it on LinkedIn and uh, I, we'd stayed in touch. And I said, hey, congrats on the new job. Um, do you want to get me one? <laughs> and uh, as a joke. And uh, two weeks later, I, uh, I was figuring out how we were going to be opening an office up here. So a little serendipitous, but um, but very interesting. So. Yeah, if uh, you know, I I was uh, I was teaching seminars around the world at age uh, uh, twenty nine uh, uh, to finance professionals uh, everywhere, and and I, I would get that periodically. Boy, you seem awfully young for for what you're doing. So kudos to you for uh, you know for for basically. Uh, telling the the folks that that told you that that you're you're going somewhere else. You walked with your feet, obviously. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. So let's get to the balancing act part of things. Uh, if you had to choose the most important balancing act that early career leaders play, what would that be? Well. The hardest one and the most important one is that as a leader, you can no longer solve your problems by just working harder. You know, as an individual contributor, as an engineer, as a designer, um, as a team member, you have problems, things that need to get done. And you can, you know, work late, work the weekend, put in the extra effort to do it. But you can't manage or lead out of that, out of these problems by working harder. So it's really finding people you can trust. Um that you can empower to, to do that type of work, right? Work harder, put in the hours, you know, and, and to inspire them to do that and give them the tools to do that and be able to delegate to them effectively and really create that culture of, of trust and accountability. So it, it's having to, to realize that you need to release your grip on the, on the work that needs to be done and empower those around you to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because uh, I've seen it many times in my career, uh, you know, individuals that move into leadership positions and imagine that they're going to be able to firefight their way through uh, and just kind of brute force their way through uh, those kinds of challenges and end up not empowering uh, their team members uh, and they, you know, you end up in the category of being a boss or being a manager and not really being a leader. So, uh, again, thank you for reminding our, our listeners of that. Uh, and one caveat, uh, uh, Mr. Overholt here is in his early 
earlier in his career, certainly than, than I am. So that's why I'm asking him uh, specifically about these early career uh, leader issues. Uh, as an early career leader, what's the most important balancing act you play that has had a direct impact on your success as a leader? Is it different from what you just talked about? And if so, why? So I certainly think what we just touched on is is a key part of that, right? Um, if you if you can't do that, you certainly can let it consume you. Um, you know, not only your work life but your personal life. But really, you know, the one I, I, I've reflected on on this one quite a bit, and it it's everybody wants to be the leader, right? It sounds it sounds great, but it's not always necessarily sunshine and roses, right? The the difficult part about being the leader is when things don't necessarily go well when we fail, when our people fail. And, uh, and, and oftentimes, you know, we, we don't, we often feel victimized by that. Right. Like, so, so when you're dealing with a client who's coming down on you, your team didn't necessarily hit the mark. You as a leader didn't hit the mark. Um, you can tend to lash out and, and, and feel victimized, right? Like, why is this happening to me? why did my team let me down? Right. And I had a coach at one point, um, who, who helped me with some of these leadership principles. And, uh, and really what I thought about initially looking at this is, uh, the principle of being inside or outside of the box, which is, you know, looking at, and, and that's actually put together, but in a book, um, called leadership and self-deception, uh, by the Arbinger Institute. And he made me read it. And it was very interesting because, the whole principle of it is that we can project and self-victimize when things go bad and it turns you, you know, from that leader to a boss, right? And when you have to step back and think about it, the, the key principle to it is that everybody comes to work each day to be successful. The majority of people don't come there to undermine, to attack, to sabotage um, the team, the company, the goal and the project, right? So making sure you, every time you start to feel that way and it's natural, it's something I combat with, you know, day to day when things don't go well, to, to pause, take the step back and remember for a team and, uh, and that everybody working underneath you with you, um, and, and along that path are all striving for success. And it's our job as leaders to pick the team up, pick ourselves up course, correct, and, and provide that feedback because, you know, at the end of the day, our success all relies on the success of, of, of everyone with us. Well, as an early career leader, you uh, just demonstrated in full force uh, how you are on, on your way to being uh, a, a really, really effective leader throughout your career because that piece of insight is lost on most managers, we'll, we'll call them, uh, and they end up being being bosses, uh, being able to self-reflect like that, uh, be what, what, uh, what, what I call, or what Lin, my wife Linda calls a half halt, being able to just briefly pause and remind yourself that uh, we're all in this together and that everybody's showing up to work to do a good job, uh, that, is, uh, that is going to uh, pay off big dividends for you and, and, and your teams uh, in the future. Uh, Ed, we're going to take a really short uh, commercial break and we'll be right back. I'm Andrew Tempty. 
The alignment of personal purpose with that of the business we lend our talents to is essential to achieving optimal work-life balance. But do you know what your personal purpose is? To help answer this crucial question, I've created a guidebook to help define your personal purpose and a vision statement to serve as your North Star. Visit andrewtempty.com purpose to download your free copy today. And we're back with Ed Overholt. We're talking about the balancing acts that leaders play. Uh, on this show, we talk a lot about lifelong learning. Uh, Ed, why is the concept of balance so important to being an effective lifelong learner? Yeah, you know, balance can be a very broad term, right? But if you can't find balance between your, your technical aspects, you know, your human leadership, your work life, your personal life, you really sacrifice your ability to grow, pursue opportunities, relationships, hobbies, and and passions outside of work. You know, one of the things I, I didn't pick up on that that's frequently asked to me by some of my supervisors and, and um, superiors is, "How's your wife doing?" Right? Um, and it's not necessarily a a question about my wife. Hopefully, they they do care, right? But um, it's also you know if it's a key indicator. If your home life is suffering, there's probably issues with balance. You're, you're projecting, you're bringing things home from work and you're, you know, not necessarily growing or being able to do that. And really, I think balance looks different to everybody. Some people want to work their 40 hours and go home. Some people thrive in that hard work 50 to 70, and that's what they want to do. Um, but if you're so deep in the tasks at hand um, and not, you know, taking the time to reflect, to plan, to, to think about your growth path, you kind of risk stagnating your, you know, your career. Um, and, and then really what you're doing with that is, is robbing your leadership pipeline and going back to some of the topics we discussed before, not empowering your people to continue to grow, um, with you. So, you know, the, the adage of train the next you or work yourself out of the job, super cliche ones, right? But it is key because it allows you to find those growth opportunities and how you're going to focus on yourself. Um, it has a trickle down to all of your staff, too. And if you can really lead by that example and, and show ways that you can grow and how they can grow with you, um, I, I think that's that's so important. Um, and really, there, there's always something to learn. And uh, very much like golf, it's the, you know, the day you think you have it figured out is the, the day everything changes, right? So, Yeah. Golf singer, uh, you 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 your your job you you name it. The the second you think you got it all figured out, it's all gonna come. It's all gonna come crashing down, and you just gotta pick yourself up, build yourself back up through uh, that continuous improvement and uh, and lifelong learning. Uh, Ed, I I talk a lot on this show about the balancing act between technical skill and human skill that you alluded to uh, before. As an engineering leader, what's your perspective on getting this balancing act right? And to put it very simply, if you had a new job seeker in front of you right now, what advice would you give to them to balance the human and technical skills as they begin their career? Yeah, it, it really, to me, boils down to, to one point, and, and it's really communication and how we handle that. Um, it it, it Balancing technical skill and and the 
you know, the applicable human skill comes down to knowing your audience and, and how you're going to communicate with them. Um, talking to colleagues internally is completely different than talking to external clients. Talking to other engineers is different than talking to the business finance side of things. Um, certain information has to be thoughtfully communicated or else it loses its value. You know, an, an engineer talking to the CEO about, hey, we need to do X, Y, Z in very technical terms, unless that person was at one point an engineer, which sometimes does happen, a lot of it's lost in them. So, you know, understanding how uh, how the topic needs to convey be conveyed to that audience and and what the goal of that conversation is, is something we, we need to think about every day. You know, like I mentioned earlier, if you're talking to an engineer, they're honed in on the technical aspects of the job. Why is this going to work? How is it going to work? Why did you pick material X over material Y? And at the same time, you may be talking to their boss or their project manager, and they just want to know how much it costs, how much it's going to impact the schedule. How does it affect the scope? They're two completely different conversations and applying one with one group and one with the other is going to lead to plenty of headaches on that side. Yeah. I'm, as I was listening to you talk, the, the, the word storytelling uh, just kept coming uh, in, into my mind. Uh, you know, communication is all about wrapping uh, that story together and knowing how to tell the story to, to different audiences. Uh, so uh, thank you for uh, bringing that front and center. Uh, Ed, we're, we're, we're going to begin to close out the show uh, soon. But uh, I'm going to put you in a time machine. If you had had access to a time machine and could send a message, a very short message to the Ed Overholt that was deep in his college years at Colorado Boulder, what would that message be? Uh, it, it's such a corny one, but I'll, I'll never forget. My, my dad always told me, don't be in a hurry to grow up too fast. And it was always, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, but you know, at the time college feels stressful, but that stress is relative, right? You're, you need to consider the environment you're in. And, and I'm very lucky that, you know, looking back at my college years at Boulder, I wouldn't have picked a different university, a different place to do it. Um, had a fantastic time. And I learned a lot about everything that you could learn about. And, uh, you know, ultimately it gets harder from there. Right. And, and there isn't an off switch as we move forward in our careers. You can't go on spring break, take a pause. We have PTO, you have avenues to do that, but the, there isn't necessarily an end in sight um, early in your career. You know, that may change as you, as you begin, you know, the, the next phases and, and as you grow there, but, but enjoy it. Um, take the time to learn as much as you can um, maintain all of those relationships that you generate there. Uh, you know, like I talked about, the first boss I ever had out of school was responsible for bringing me over to this company. Um, and it, it's some of the folks you meet there, some of the, the things you learn about, the topics that, that and the opportunities you have, all are things that you can carry forward in your career. Um, yeah. I'm hearing perspective matters and having uh uh, at least a modicum of uh, of perspective and foresight, just a little bit uh, in in your in your college days. Uh, final question: What's the most exciting thing that you're working on at uh, Compos, and what's next for Ed Overholt? Well, 
Well, we are working on a, a lot of things, right? The, the energy space is in the, in the news almost daily. Um, we're talking about electrification of cars, the electrification of our grid, green energy, global warming. We have a unique perspective on all of that and a unique opportunity where we're completing projects in, in the engineering, in the numbers, in the science, um, dealing with the reliance on our fossil fuels, how we consume those. So we get to impact that in a material fashion in, our, in everything we do. Every project we have has a direct impact on that. And getting to see through some of the, the ways that the electrification of the grid or our reliance on fossil fuels, how those are being portrayed in the media in general perspective and, and what the science is behind that. So that's driving almost every project we do in one way or the other. It's, you know, it's stabilization and reliability and improvement um, and efficiency. So we're working on a number of projects like that. Um, so that's very intriguing and, and very, very, very fulfilling actually to do that. And really, you know, from the, from, from my side of thing, what's next, we, we've grown a lot. We went from one to 32 and just under four years here. And, and, you know, what's next here is we're, we're working on a lot of the items we've, we've talked about, um, growing our leadership pipeline, uh, empowering individuals to, you know, take on these next leadership roles, delegating efficiently and, uh, and really building up that next level of leaders here. So. Well, Ed, it's, it, it, it sure sounds like, uh, you're, you're, you're leading uh, a business that, that certainly other people want, would want to come and join you uh, in that. A lot of people have this mindset that engineering is uh, boring or it's really static. And boy, it sounds like you've got some really exciting things going on that uh, that 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 you can wrap your uh, and really get your personal purpose uh, behind. Uh, you know the the elect the uh, the electrification of uh, you know. The, the the world for 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 electric vehicles etc um, those are very forward leaning uh, things so thank you for educating our listeners that engineering isn't boring engineering is forward leaning and most importantly that we have awesome leaders like you at the helm uh, to take us into the next generation no I, I appreciate that engineering is is what you make it and it can be a lot of different things so Awesome. Well, Ed, thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. You can find us on all the major uh, streaming services. Please like, subscribe, rate, uh, share is the most important thing uh, to get the word out to hear from more leaders like Ed Overholt. Thanks again.